You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast, where I invite you to come along with me as we shape our own reality together. My intention is to bring out the magic in you. Now let's get started. Run away from the humdrum. We'll go to a place that is safe from greed, anger, and boredom. We'll dance and sing till sundown and feast with abandon. We'll sleep when the morning comes and we'll rise by the sound of the bird song. My name is Sloan Fremont, and today I'm going to talk to you about selling you on you. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. It's a new month, and this week we're starting off the month with an interview with one of my new favorite people, Connie Whitman. I recently met Connie and did an interview for her show, and we had so much fun. I wanted to bring her back on my show so we could continue the conversation. So that's what we're going to do this week, and our topic is selling you on you. So I'm just going to jump right in because I know, Connie, you and I will, will, we could talk all afternoon, but I'm just going to jump right in here. I'm going to start by telling you just a little bit about Connie. She's known for her high energy, passionate, and enthusiastic approach to teaching and coaching. Connie helps ambitious business owners, leaders, and sales teams build powerhouse organizations to achieve wildly outrageous goals. An international speaker, podcast host, and influencer, Connie's inspired teaching and transformational tools and content ensure business owners and salespeople grow their revenue streams through enhanced internal and external communication skills while developing strong relationship-based cultures. Connie is a CEO of Whitman and Associates LLC, and for the past two decades, she and her signature seven-step sales process has helped thousands of salespeople grow into their business, grow their business to high six-figure incomes. She's a trusted strategic partner, building lasting relationships with innovative business owners, thought leaders, and organizations worldwide. And as a podcast host, Connie is thrilled to share her inspiring content on her weekly show called Enlightenment, Enlightenment of Change, and that is a free resource for professionals looking, for, looking to fast-track their careers. So, Connie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks, Sloan. I'm so excited to be here. As you were reading that, I was thinking, boy, can I hire Connie Whitman? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's so impressive. Like, So let's start there. Like, t- t- Tell the audience just a little bit about you, who you are, the kind of work that you do, and uh, really what led you down that path. Yeah. So it's funny because, you know, 20 years in business, but I'm going to really show my age now. So I've been at, I've been at financial sales for 38 years. So sales is just kind of my world. And it was funny when I started my career, again, I, I, I got my college degree. I was going for my MBA at night and fine, of course, in finance, right? I think mm-hmm. it's C numbers. And I went back and got my licenses um, in the United States. You need like a series seven license and health and, and life and all that stuff. So I did. I went back and got it. And that first time sitting at a kitchen table with literally at a kitchen table with the client, it was a husband and wife and they had little ones at home and their, um, their limited ability to 
to manage cash flow and and finances and because they 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 didn't have MBAs in finance right which mm-hmm. I totally understood and I was sold I thought wow this is where I'm needed and because I I was raised in a very ethical um, household that I felt my job at that moment in my early twenties that I was to, to I was here to teach people how to save and how to money how to manage their money and really how to protect in this case kids and and your assets and really our children are our biggest asset and I was hooked and that was you know, 38 years ago and I never looked back. I love what I do. And I can tell the enthusiasm in your voice and just the excitement. Um, yeah, I can, I can definitely tell. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you are today with, um, you know, being an expert in communication and in what you do and in helping salespeople. Why do you think communication is really, you know, so important for everyone, especially in the business world and in sales and sales leadership? Yeah. And it's funny because really when you think about communication, it's at the core of all human interaction. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be sales. It doesn't matter what your job is. If you can't communicate with your peers or your, um, you know, the, your bosses, whoever you report to, or if you're a boss, you know, how are you communicating with your team? It matters. And unfortunately, I think the most recent statistic was that the, the average attention span of, of an adult, right, is a about six seconds. Mm-hmm. So what happens when we communicate, we literally take turns talking at each other instead of trying to understand where, where a person that I'm having a conversation with, like, where are they coming from? We don't right. take time. We just, while you're talking right slow and I'm thinking, oh, when she shuts up, I'm going to say, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? this, we talk at each other, which is kind of a tragic situation because as soon as we dig in just a, just a little deeper and really go into that listening communication mode of being interested, let's just say that being interested, yeah. magic happens, right? And work becomes more fun and work becomes easier and we get projects done faster and in sales, we communicate more effectively with the customer so we fully understand who they are so we don't push a product we recommend the best product or service that i'm offering or you're offering to that client it becomes very special very customized and really from a place of care versus i need to make money or i need to make the sale big difference big difference right. in that approach right and the intention behind it right like what are you bringing to the what energy are you bringing and and that's one of the reasons why i was excited you know, that we got to talk again today, because even if you're not in sales, right, all the things that we're going to talk about today, uh, they really can apply to any area of your life. And, you know, I'm not a salesperson. I remember being trying it when I was younger. And I spent so much of my time talking myself out of why it wasn't going to work or mm-hmm. why I couldn't do it. Or, you know, and then I would go in to, you know, meet with the potential customer or cause I was in finance as well for a long time and then um, did some various other roles. And, you know, I would go in and meet with the cu- with the customer. And by the time I had talked myself out of it, I went in and I was so closed off. My communication was just, I just want to hurry up and get out of here because I've, I've you know, I've, I've made myself, I've told myself this story that, you know, this is how it's going to go or, or, or this is what it, what it is when um, really all of that, again, and that's what they were. They were just stories. I was making it all up. But don't we do that in life about oh, everything? 
right? Sure. You know, I call it, you're younger than me. I call it the negative, the record player that's very moved yeah. in our head, meaning it yeah. repeats over and over again. We all have it. And, and yeah, we're, t- you know, sales, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what business you're in. We all have those limiting, limiting beliefs. That's really what they are. We tell ourselves those stories. We believe, we believe our own crap right, instead of trying to move through and thinking, Hey, wait a minute. I have a lot to offer this client. I'm excited to share with them how I can help them save money or how I can make something easier for them, save them time in some way. No, we don't come, we come with, oh my God, I feel icky. I feel sleazy. Well, if the customer needs what you're offering, why is it sleazy or icky? Right. right? You're helping them. Exactly. And, and when you talk about communication in that way, when you're, if you're, you know, if you're coming at something with, with that, that vibe or that feeling of, I feel bad or wrong in doing it, then, you, you know, the person is going to pick up on that. They're going to, they're going to get that from you and immediately be turned away. Right. And we often, I think, tell ourselves the stories, Oh, there's something, there must be something wrong with me, or I did something wrong, or that person doesn't like me, or, you know, we're, we're too busy, like you're saying, talking at each other. And while we're talking at each other, we're making up stories. We're deciding this, or we're deciding that instead of just coming to the table, being open and, you know, ready to, to listen or to move, to follow the, the, like the flow of the, of, um, you know, how the interaction is rather than coming in with this, 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 you know, this, this is how it's got to go kind of thing. Yeah. And it's funny now when I started, right, you felt my enthusiasm Mm -hmm. for sitting for me, sitting at that kitchen table and finding that those people truly needed me and needed me. And I look at sales. My job is to educate the client or the customer about something they don't know. So every time I'm with, and now I I deal with corporate clients and I deal with businesses and sales teams, right? That's, you know, I'm not sitting at the kitchen table anymore, obviously, you know, 38 years later. So 20 years when I started my, my company, for me, it was the same thing. I met with my corporate client and I sat there and I was like, so like, tell me what's going on. What are you trying to accomplish? What is, what's your end game? And where there's a gap, right? You're here. You want to be, you know, 10 feet ahead of you. How do we get there? I'm the, I'm the missing link. So let me show you, let me educate you how we can do that. So for me, sales is nothing more than educating your client about something they didn't know before they met you. So now when I just said that, did that feel icky or did that feel like, wow, yeah, talk to me, help me. Right. Exactly. Yes. The second one, obviously the latter, it felt more like, oh, this person's here to help me. Or you know what I mean? I'm, I, I, I think we also tend to think that we need to know everything. Right. And so when somebody is ready to help us and genuinely wants to help us, I think sometimes we feel, um, you know, I don't know, almost afraid to accept that help or something like we, you know, we should, I don't know. I, I've noticed that in myself. Sometimes I find it's hard for me to accept help, but when you have somebody willing and has the, you know, that is bringing what you, what you need to the table, right. There's nothing icky or bad about that. Yeah. And it's funny. You're right. I think people, humans, we think we can do everything or again, that self-talk, we should be able to do everything. I'm intelligent. Why, why should I get help? That makes me look stupid. That makes me look weak. (laughs) It really doesn't. And, and for me, just as a business owner, you know, for 20 years, at some point you you have to, cause I'm a control freak too, Sloan, but you know, yeah, I know. Right. It's I, I, if I could control the weather, oh boy, I would love to wield that magic wand. Right. Right. I'm a control freak. I, I know it. But here's the thing, as a business owner, if I try to control and do everything like social media, web design, 
that is so not my world. Mm -hmm. I could do it, but it would take me a year to figure out what to do where I could hire someone for a couple of grands and they could get it up and running in a week. So we, by us defaulting to that, well, I could do it myself. I shouldn't need help. That makes me look weak. The weakness is not allowing people to help you with their superpowers and expertise and make everything. And to me, life is hard enough or we make it, maybe we make it hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you allow people into your orbit that you need, whatever that is for you right now, all of a sudden there's a little bit of ease in your life because you don't have to worry about something that you don't know or don't know how to do and to do the research and figure it out. Why bother? Right. Right. Why why have that? Yeah, that energetic drain—it's gonna in in the you know the 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 well, almost like the like I I know I need to do this, but I don't want to kind of thing. Don't yeah. force yourself to do the things that you don't want to do, right? Hire somebody, exactly. Absolutely. If, and and you know when I started my business, I had to do a lot of stuff myself. Right. But there were still things I had to hire people to do because it was beyond my capacity for what what needed to be done, especially on the technology side. You know, right. I get. Well, I was young. I was 30, 39, 38, 39 when I started my business. Well, now at fifty eight. I know that I lack the um, uh, the the ease that the technology is has, has is beyond me, right? It's mm-hmm. not. Let me rephrase. It's not beyond me, but I don't want to. I don't want to figure out how to do the back end of WordPress. Like, right? It's in my eyes. I want to talk to people and be out and about, and and okay. now I'm doing a lot of virtual networking. That's my that's my superpower. Please don't put me at a computer to do programming. You know, pins in my eyes. Right. There's no value. You know, I always, I say this about parallel parking. I'm 42 years old and I've never learned how to do it. And I don't want to, <laughs> I just don't care to learn. Right. So it's like the same thing. There's no, if you don't want to, there's no value there. Right. So, uh, I, I totally get that. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit more about, uh, the clients that you've worked with over the years and in the sales teams that you worked with and what do you think some of their biggest obstacles or what's what, what have you seen that you've that you've really helped people overcome over the years you know it's interesting so from a sales perspective i'm going to say follow up right that that's mm-hmm. the technical piece of the process that people the most sales are made in the fifth to 12th touch to that client or follow up Mm -hmm. with the client. Most people stop at the fourth one and only about 5% of sales are made with that one through fourth touch. As soon as you hit the fifth through the 12th, it jumps to 80%. Mm -hmm. So, so what happens though, but this is, so really what, what happens to people is they don't get to that fifth point because the self-talk jumps in. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be a pain in their neck. They're going to think mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a pain. They're going to, oh my God, they're going to put me on ignore. Oh, and it's, and the truth of the matter is because we have no attention span, right? That six second attention span, we need to hear things five to 12 times. Right. And then say the same thing, the exact same sentence to me. And the fifth time I'll be like, you know, I read something about that. Maybe <laughs> we should do that. Meanwhile, you mentioned it four other times. Right. I, didn't, I didn't tune into it. So we think we're being pushy when really humans, because of that lack of attention span, we really do need to hear it multiple times. So that that's the biggest, I, I think the biggest in, in the flow of sales that's where I see the biggest um, obstacle with my my clients, though. And you know, when I teach at these corporate clients or my sales teams, if I'm doing digital, it doesn't matter if I'm live or digital. The biggest thing I see is fear. People mm. are afraid of being um, 
rejected. And it's so funny because sales isn't, if somebody objects to what you're offering, doesn't mean they don't like you. It just means, hey, that's not the right time for me right now. Mm -hmm. But you know, look at COVID, right? Life changes like in a split second. So if the customer says, no, I don't need that right now, six months from now, something might shift in their world, their business, their life that now they need you. Right. you're doing that diligent follow-up, all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, I'm so glad you called me. Meanwhile, most people don't do that because what if, and the what ifs to me is ridiculous because what if they want you? Right. <laughs> right. Why do we always assume the, the worst, right? We always assume right. the, the negative outcome, but what if, what if exactly, what if they want you? Right. And you know, it, as, as I was jotting a few notes down about this, when you were talking about both the the sales, you know, individual sales, and then your corporate clients. So follow up and fear are the two, um, you know, themes that you you're seeing. And both of those things, it's not like, uh, you know, somebody's not succeeding because let's say they don't have the right technology or they don't have like, you know, I don't know the, the, the only two things stopping us are ourselves right here, yep. follow up Absolutely. and fear. Yep. And so how in, in our theme, you know, this, this week on the show is selling you on you. So how can we start to sell ourselves on ourselves? How do we move past this follow up, you know, the fear of the follow up or the, the fear of the fear? Right. That's exactly right. We put our own roadblocks in front of us. So it's interesting. I did a, I had a digital class this week and, um, one of the young men, he, he, we were doing role plays, right. Virtually it was, it was great. And at the end, you always, I, as a coach, I always want to start with something that's positive. So the first question I'll ask the employee or the, the person in the training room and the training class in this case, case, case digitally, I said to him, what do you think you did well? And this is interesting too, Sloan, because most people go, I don't, I don't know. Did I, did I do this? Did I do anything well? (laughs) Right. Exactly right. So, right. We, we put ourselves down and we're really good at that. And so what I say to people, if, if you were coaching yourself, what would you say to you, to the employee that's in front of you, you, right. Employee in Mm -hmm. front of you, what would you say you think they did well? So there's one young man at the end, I gave my feedback. I think he did this really well. And I, this is what you need to work on. Right. And he was very, very appreciative. And at the end, I said to him, you know, I'm going to give everybody their superpower today. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, everybody brings something special and wonderful to the table. We all have superpowers. We often don't know what they are. So this young man, I said to him, your superpower is that you are so friendly and so giving and so caring that from the minute you open your mouth with the client, they can't help but feel that you're coming from this place of care. Mm -hmm. So he, like, he stopped and he goes, like, wow, like I have a superpower. Well, fast forward that, that end of the day, he sent me an email and he said, by the way, I can't thank you enough. I have a superpower. It was freaking adorable Sloan. And he had to do a meeting with his team, people who reported to him. And he goes, and um, um, my discussion uh, to teach whatever he was teaching in his coaching session, he goes, I'm going to identify and let everybody know what their superpower is because we don't identify that. And he mm-hmm. wrote me this long thank you email for turning that switch on that we all have a superpower. And right. to me, I thought, and, and you know what the funniest thing was? In the class, don't ask me why. I don't know why. But this class, <laughs> I go, I'm going to tell everybody what your superpowers are today. They were like, oh, okay, that sounds really good. Right. But every one of them at the ends, they were like, oh, I do have that superpower. Like I identified something that they never thought was there until I said it. It was always there. I just helped them 
kind of peel it back and see it. It was just right. an awesome experience. There's just this week this happened. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like you woke them up to themselves, right? Like, like you're saying, it was always there. They just for whatever reason, didn't see it. Or or it's just like we said, like when you ask the question, what do you think you did well? Most people maybe might say one thing, like you're saying him haw around, but I, I, on the other side of that, what'd you do bad? Boom, boom, boom. You know, they could list off 20 <laughs> things in two seconds, you know? Absolutely. That's, That's so true. It, and so as you're working with these teams, I know you recently wrote a book, the easy sales process, which is a, a seven step, um, sales success formula formula that you have. So do these kinds of things go into that when you talk, when you in the book and, and, you know, how you work with business owners and salespeople? Yes. So the book, and, and by the way, it actually hit. So I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit. And usually I know. I, can... I was going to say that. that was my next thing, but go ahead. Yeah. Oh, can I, can I share that? <laughs> yeah, was... No, no, that was my next thing I was going to say, but yes, go for it. it. It became a number one, not only in the U.S., number one bestseller, but internationally in 20 categories. So, so awesome. Yes. And here's why that, I mean, yes, that's great. It's a great credential and all of that. But for me, that people resonated with, right. with the book. And it's, it's when I tell you guys, your listener, it's like an 80 page book. So I believe in simple, uh, simple wins the game. When we make things too complicated, we're like, oh, this is too hard. I can't do it. Right. When you keep things easy peasy, right? Simple. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I could do that. So the book, the way, it, what, the way I have it set up, it's um, that we, I go through the seven steps, right? Of my sales process that mm-hmm. I've, I've used successfully for 38 years. So I know it works, right. but more importantly, I share stories with every chapter of the mistakes I made. And, and now like you got to laugh at it, right? That, that you did this. Some of the horror stories of different bosses I've had through sales and how they wanted me to force a sale on a client. Mm. And, but you know, I live and work in, I'm in New Jersey. Now I'm more global, but initially, you know, in my twenties and thirties, I worked and, and lived in the same kind of, same town, same uh, county in the United States, in New Jersey, it's a county. Anyway, I would see people at like ShopRite or Pathmark. So it's my reputation out there. Right. So when these bosses that were morons would say, well, <laughs> we have this new product and you need to sell 10 of them. And I would say, well, yeah, if the clients walk in that it's a good fit for, absolutely. But if they're not, don't you tell me what I have to sell. My job is to help the client not push your product. And I, right. I used to get, because I'm a little verbal, when, when you tell me to do something I know is wrong ethically, I will verbally tell you. So, you know, in that, in that case, I would kind of mouth, not mouth. I was never fresh. I was, I'm always a respectful person, but I let them know, no, no, this is my reputation. I'm not going to give you the opportunity to tarnish that because you're putting pressure on me. It's ridiculous. Right. Right. To meet some quotas. I mean, you know, and staying in our own integrity in in anything is so important, but especially, you know, in sales where like you're saying, your reputation is what you have, right? Those, any, anybody who, you know, works with you and then word of mouth is so powerful to be able to tell our friends when we, oh my God, you know, I got this. I love it. It works so well. You guys all need to get this, you know, that kind of stuff. That's so, and I remember as you were saying that I, I, when I was younger and I was in, um, I did, um, home loans and for a period of time. And, uh, it was, it was a similar situation. You need to get these, this many people, you know, and they would get so mad at me because I would do the same thing as you sit at the table with them and I would go through their finances with them. I'd be like, you know, just because the computer says you should be able to get this much, you know, get a loan for this much that that's not, you know, we need to really take a look at this. And, oh, they would get so mad at me. They're like, you can't do that. You can't do that with them. And I'm like, well, nobody else is doing it. 
Like yeah. these people, they don't know, you know? And so, and of course everybody was so appreciative and you know, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, it, it, I, I can totally Agreed. relate to that. And that yeah. feeling of that's the icky feeling that we're talking that's, about. Right. Yes. And it's funny. I think, I think I start the book in the introduction and it could be one of the first sentences. And I, I start by saying, if you're not selling from a place of love, and then I put dot, dot, dot. Yes, you're all saying, Connie, you're out of your mind. Love and sales, like what do they have in common? Mm -hmm. And I said, if you're not selling from love, you're doing it wrong. And that's mm -hmm. that's the reality. What you know, I always felt that no matter who the client was in front of me, if that was my mom, dad, grandparent, my sibling, right, a good friend of mine, how would I want someone to treat them and handle them? Well, that's how I treat every client because you're always coming from a place of love and care. So if you're doing that, it's not about the sales. It's about the person. You, you, and, and here's the funny thing with that. First of all, it feels good, right? So right. That's, that's a wonderful thing. The other thing is people feel the difference. The client feels the difference in that authentic, you know, caring, loving uh, kind of vibration that all of a sudden they refer all their family and friends exactly. to me. I know, so, right? Yes. So with zero effort, when I say zero effort, because for me, it's just being, I'm being me, goofy, right. I joke around, right? I, I am who I am, but I come from this place of love and care. So now all well, their, their family and friends, they're inviting me to birthdays. And, you know, that's a great feeling when you become part of a family because you did the right thing for them. And I made more money. I was always, because I'm competitive too. That's my nature. <laughs> um, so I was always like number one in sales in any position I had. And people would be like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I don't know. People send me people. I get referrals, right? It, so it becomes an easy process. Right, because you're you. You're just showing me. up as you. Yep. That yep. was my theme this year for 2020 before, <laughs> before any of us knew what 2020 had in store. That was my theme. Free to show up to be myself. No longer have this like, like, mask on or feeling like I have to do this because they told me to kind of thing. Right. And when you do that, everything unfolds so much easier because it's not, you're not up against the resistance of, you know, not wanting to do what the boss is trying to force you to do or not trying to make some sale that you don't even agree with, or, you know, the customer doesn't need, right. There's, there's the, it, it just completely changes our energy when we show up authentically. It's true. The other thing too, Sloan, that I think is important, and I learned this so early on in my career, which I've used, you know, for 38 years now, um, there's different what they call communication models out there or behavioral models. Mm -hmm. And I actually created one. I have a second business with a partner and she came up through academia, you know, dean of university and all of that. And I came up through this corporate, you know, kind of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, growing through the corporate environment. And we both have are certified in two different behavioral models. And we didn't like them because two things. One, you could cheat on the assessment so that it gives you a false reading almost because it's right. like how I want to be. So that's how yeah. I answer. Like that, yeah. that makes you that makes you who you're not, right? Which is crazy. Right. And the other thing that um like a Myers Briggs, I don't know if you've ever had that. Like you come out, you're an yeah. EINJ. Yeah. Well, a week after you go through the training, you're like, what was I again? What was the right. and disc, I'm certified in disc, which they're both phenomenal models. Do anybody listening, they're brilliant. Okay. But in training, when I use DISC, you know, through my career, I'd say to someone, oh, you're an ID. And then a week later, they'd be like, what was I again, Connie? Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. don't know what it means. So my partner and I created this assessment that you have to rank it. So it's much harder to fudge the results. And we labeled things like you could be a heartfelt advocate or a stimulating motivator or an innovative organizer or a precise assessor. Now, don't they sound 
so much better than you're an ID or you're an EINJ, right? Yes. Yes. And that that's assigning like the superpower, like you talked about before, right? Like I'm going to remember that. And that, that feels good. That's going to motivate me. And so here's the cool thing. You identify your superpower. You also get a ranking. So you know what your lowest score is, which is kind of a blind spot, right? So if you have blind spots and we don't know about them, we kind of make the same mistakes over and over and over again. So as soon as you identify a blind spot, a couple of things, you either work on it, which sometimes is hard because it's not a natural skill, but that doesn't mean you can't develop it. Or you surround yourself with people who have that superpower so that when you, like for me, I am not good at editing. I'm a, I'm a big picture person, right? Mm -hmm. And my husband is the polar opposite of me. So before I send an important email or like when I, when I create manuals, I send them to him and I say, rip it apart grammatically and any typos, because I know that I'm not good with detail and he is. So you surround yourself and you ask people to help you that have that superpower because I'm lacking in it. And again, it's, it, I don't, don't beat myself up for it. It is what it is. I identify right. it and I put people in place that can help and support me with that. So that's right. the cool thing about that model. And is that, is that available on your website? Yes. And it's free. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to link to your website at the, uh, in the show notes. So they'll, uh, the listeners will be able to, but I want to get back to the book really yeah. quick and, and talk about, can you briefly talk about, so it's called easy sales process. There's, it's a seven step sales to success. Can you briefly touch on those seven steps for us? Sure. And the other one we were talking about follow-up, that's the seventh step. The other mm -hmm. one is the first step, which is preparation. Most people do not have great organizational skills. Mm -hmm. So they're jumping into, and this is, this is not just sales guys. This is anything we jump and we think, yeah, yeah, I'll wing it. I'll just do it on the fly. Right. If you right. take the time to prepare and organize and, and like your to-do list daily, whatever it might mm -hmm. be, you actually get more production because you're going in in a thoughtful manner instead of this helter skelter. So one is preparation. Step two is building rapport. The, my communication style assessment, the free one, it's called the CSA, communication style assessment. That helps us build rapport. So if Sloan, if I know you um, speak or think differently than me, like let's say you're like my husband, much slower paced and more, more methodical in your thinking. Well, if you're my client, I'm going to slow my pace down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask real logical questions and I'm not going to jump around on you. Um, I have to modify. So what happens, the client's like, this chick gets me. <laughs> right. I'm the opposite of them. I just know their model, their, their style, and I modify accordingly. So it creates more harmonious conversations. And again, this isn't just sales. You can use it with your family members, your kids, your aunts, your uncles, friends. Um, it, and what happens is you have another superpower that you could develop. So it's kind of a mm -hmm. cool tool. Mm -hmm. Third yeah. step is the open, um, open-ended questions that let the customer know that I'm asking you this and what's in it for them. So it's a benefit-driven open-ended question. Step four is listening because we don't listen, right? I mentioned that before. Right. Step five is presenting your solution based on all of the information the client gave you. So if you do really well with the questions and the listening, it's like, you know, a, a, a beam of light from the sky coming down and saying, ta-da, like this is what your customer needs. Right. So go to present it, it becomes super obvious. And then step six is 
simply ask for the business. You went through this process. If it's, if it's a good fit, ask for the business. If you need to dig a little more, sometimes the next step isn't asking for the business, but asking for a follow-up appointment. So I call mm-hmm. that confirming the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Moving it forward, whether it's, it's making the sale or making another appointment. And then step seven is the follow-up. So see, it's, it's such a simple process, but it works. It works right. every time. Well, and that's, you know, things talking, you're talking about, you're closing the loop, right? On the whole thing. Like you start with the planning. I talk about this, my, and I can, I'm thinking about as you're talking about this and like, uh, I do more project management based work on, mm-hmm. um, you know, more technology projects. And so this kind of stuff that you're talking about, you know, planning your work, like making listening, right. And, in and saying, talking, you know, presenting back to the, the customer or the potential customer, you know, what, what they said, you know, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, this can be used even if you're not in sales. And it it even seems to me like conflict, conflict resolution, like in like relationships, for example, right. If you, but you know, again, I think we're also focused, like you said at the beginning, talking at each other and we want to be sure that we're heard because we're so afraid we're not going to be heard. Right. And I think that's the root of why a lot of us do that. Cause we we're so afraid that we're just, we're going to be overlooked or like that our opinion doesn't matter or count. And when we actually slow down a minute and like take a minute and chill out, <laughs> right. It's like, it, 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 we start to, it seems to, it, it's not as, I, I don't know. I guess I feel like when I do that, I'm not as hyped up. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a smoother, it's a yeah. smoother interaction. So I'm going to, I'm going to make me, I'm going to make you laugh. So really quick, cause I know we're, we're going to be out of time in a few minutes, but my husband and I literally are polar opposites in our behavioral model, right? So I'm mm-hmm. fast paced, big picture. <laughs> He's much slower paced, much more thoughtful. I have to think about empathy. He's very empathetic naturally, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're opposite. So, um, and I'll just make this really brief when, um, I, I, we, I never grew up with animals. He did. So for one of his birthday before I had kids, this is, you know, 20 something years ago, he really wanted a love bird. Well, bird, for those of you that don't know me, I have very curly hair. So every time I have been in the presence of a bird, they fly and they land in my hair because they think it's a nest, right? So swear to God, Sloan, uh, this is a true story. Even, even clients, I've gone in their house and they go, oh, the bird's wings are clipped. And I think, all right, the bird will fly because it wants my hair, right? So I know, thanks for laughing, right? (laughs) And so I'm a little nervous around birds. So my friend has had birds her whole life. So she says, I'll come with you. We'll go to the store. We'll buy the bird. She would get it in a cage for me. Well, because I moved so fast. So we went to the store. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty one. Let's get that. I moved so fast. I bought a one-legged bird, Sloan. I swear to God. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. God, that's the truth. It lasted about a year, the little bird. He he didn't tip over. So I think he knew how to, you know, he was used Aww. to the one leg. Yeah, it's very cute. But anyway, fast forward now, whenever I'm moving fast, like we're buying a car or buying a washing mm-hmm. machine, mm-hmm. something that's a little costly. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's good. Let's buy it. Some report rated, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All my husband has to say to me, are we buying another one-legged bird? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I laugh and I go, oh, okay, okay research and you let me know what we should do. In other words, all he has to say is, is this another one-legged bird? And I immediately stop and I think, 
you're moving too fast. Let him do the research. He doesn't mind doing the research. And I retract. I stop because Mm -hmm. the the reality is if he didn't do that or I didn't have a partner who did that, I would be wasting a lot of time and money. So that's the beauty of having a different behavioral model or surrounding yourself with people that are different than you because Mm -hmm. then you never have a blind spot. Exactly. And when you were talking about blind, and I love that story. That's so funny. And it's so cute. Yeah. Um, but I can see that as well. You know, I can see, I, I totally get what you're saying. Cause I'm, I'm like you, I'm like, okay, yeah, come on, come on, let's go, you know, let's do it. And um, when you're talking about, you know, like we talked about throughout the show about needing help or wanting help and then not wanting to ask for it. But if we have our own, everybody has blind spots and in, in anything and everything. Right. And so without other people's insight or opinions or, you know, even, um, their view on things, we're never going to be able to see those and move past them. So, um, I love that story. Cause I, yeah, I can see that it immediately brings you back. Yes. <laughs> immediately. And another, another cool thing is people ask me, Oh, do, are all your friends like you? And I, I had never been, this was recently and I really mm-hmm. had never thought about it. And when I thought about it, I said, no, <laughs> it was such a revelation to me. I said, no, most of my friends are opposite me. And right. I, I, I'm one that I self-reflect a lot because I mm-hmm. think you understand yourself better and mm-hmm. then you can move forward with things because then fear doesn't hit you as hard and you know all of those limiting beliefs that we have. So I'm always self-reflecting. And when I thought about why, and it's not like I think about, oh, you're, you have a different style. I should like you, right? You should be right. in my orbit. Right. That, that doesn't enter my, my thought process. I crave what, what people that are different than me, I crave that, that skill or superpower because I don't have it. So Mm -hmm. I become fascinated because they let help me see things that I would never see in with my, my filter because I, I'm, I'm 50,000 feet up in the air, right? I don't get into the weeds. So I surround myself with people that are different than me because they call me out and they make me see things I would never see. So that's kind of a fascinating thought, uh, you know, that, that people should look at as well. No, I agree. Cause it's the same, you know, I, I was actually just talking with a friend about this yesterday about, uh, dating apps. Cause she was talking about dating and she was saying about how, um, you know, sometimes people will put on their little bio about, let's say a political party, like no, this party or no, that party. And I, and I, I remember, I have seen that too in the past. And I remember thinking you're so narrow-minded that you only want a carbon copy of yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I totally get that. And I think, you know, that that's one of the reasons as humans, why as part of being a human, right, is being able to, to experience that. But um, the thing is, once you identify that, your life becomes richer because right. you're, you're taking your blindfolds off and just seeing a bigger perspective of whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. So what happens is I think we have a better tap of what reality is. As soon as you can see both sides of the coin, I think that's where we need to get as humans. Yeah. yeah. Because my way isn't always, I mean, I think my way is always right, but that doesn't mean my way is always right. Right. And, and, bo- you know, in, in anything and, uh, you know, both sides of the coin, boys, both, everyone's opinions are valid, right? right? You don't have to agree with it. No, we don't. And that's part, again, part of being a human, we can have our own opinion and have our own, you know, whatever works for us, but we have to be able to let the other person have theirs too. Right. And, Absolutely. um, yeah, I think, uh, that would be a good message for today, especially like, <laughs> throughout the world. But, yeah. um, okay. So I want to go back to the book. I, I, cause I wanted to ask you something specifically about this. So again, kind of, congratulations on it being number you. one. Um, I'm excited for you and that that's just so exciting. Um, but I was curious as, you know, as you go, you've been through your career, you, you started your own business, you've 
you you wrote the book, you've you've developed a model, things that worked. You you obviously again are very passionate about this. What did you do to sell you on you? Like what did you do for you that and, got you to where you are? Yeah, and you know what? Here's here's the reality. I know people um will say, well, my corporate persona or my business persona and I only know how to be me, Sloan. So no matter whether I'm at work or I'm at home, I say the same goofy things. I use the same silly jokes. I am me. So I, I think that, and, and it's funny because I never realized I, I, I never realized I did it because I didn't think about it. All I know mm -hmm. how to do is be me. So mm -hmm. I'm authentic. I'm real. Um, I'm approachable. I don't, I try, I try not to judge people so I can just see who people are and learn from them. And I mm -hmm. think that's another thing. Um, why people resonate with me because I am open-minded and I love learning. So I'm always so curious, like, tell me about yourself. What made you pick that line of work? But, but I'm genuinely interested. So right. I think that love of learning and just me being me and not trying to be something I'm not, mm -hmm. I, 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 it works for me. And I, I just think that's why uh, people resonate with me. And I truly think that's why people buy from me over and over again. My clients, you know, I've had one client for 15 years, um, just because they trust me. So yeah. that I think is another thing, you know, you sell you on you. I think you have to be authentic. And I know that word is over overused lately, but be you, just be you mm -hmm. and be okay with that. Right. Other right. Thing, yeah. And be okay with that. Number one, I'm also super respectful. I am, I will never ever be condescending or rude. Even if someone's screaming at me, I will remain calm and respectful because you never know what day that person is having. Right. They're not mad at you. They just might've had a really bad day. So I'm me, I'm authentic. I'm respectful. I, if I had to pick a word to, to describe me, it probably would be respectful. And I'm not afraid to be uh, goofy and human. And so even in my corporate world, you know, I'm me, I'm, I'm just me. Mm -hmm. And again, that, that was my theme this year, show up to fully be me. And yeah. I, I don't think I had ever done that, honestly. And you know what's funny? When you try to put on airs like, oh, I'm corporate and I'm professional, yeah. you know, people see through it. And, and mm -hmm. I'll just I'll give you a tangible example, right? No matter who I talk to on the phone. So when you, when you do, like, you know, if I was asking to speak to you, hey, may I speak to Sloan? And you say speaking, I'll say, hey, Sloan, how you doing? Right? I'm a how you doing kind of chick because I'm, I'm, professional, but I'm comfortable where other people will be like, how are you today? I, I don't talk, right? You see what I'm saying? Because, well, that's more robotic. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I'm, I'm, how you doing? So right. I, again, be professional, but be you without being, you know, like I wouldn't get on the phone and say, sup, you know, sup, sup. <laughs> like that would be rude to me. Right. That would be a little weird, but you get, well, and it's not you either. Right. Like, so not me. That's so not me. So, right. you know, watch the slang, but I think you could still be you and comfortable. And what happens is people become comfortable with you super quick. Right. Cause you're real. And they can pick up on that. And I, I think, yeah, we could talk for hours <laughs> on this. So, and I know where, so I want to, I'm going to get ready and close this out here. I want to, uh, Connie picked some songs for this week. So I want to be able to talk through that really quick. And I want to go through her contact information real quick. But before we wrap up, can you give our listeners one sales tip they can do to improve a sales situation that they might be faced with today? Yeah, I would say, well, two, preparation, 
do not wing it. You're shooting yourself in the foot and you're losing that opportunity because you can't go back, right? Once you blow it, you blow it. So make sure you're very well prepared and organized. And the other one is please follow up that fifth to 12th time. And when I say follow up, it could be quarterly. I'm not say following up every day for 12 days. That's a doctor <laughs> in your face. But right. if you can follow up quarterly, that fifth to 12th time, that's where the 80% of sales happen there. So you have to be, my follow-up is called CPR follow-up. It's consistent, persistent, respectful CPR follow-up. And, and I, I, I think that's important. And if, if they do want to buy my book, um, I think the Kindle version is like six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I have charts in there about the CPR follow-up, actually how to do it. Awesome. Yes. I was just going to get to that. So Connie's website is WhitmanAssoc.com. And again, I'll link to all this in the show notes, but the book I assume is also on Amazon. Yes. On Amazon. And also you could go through my website too. Okay. And we'll link to all that in the show notes. So awesome. All right. So now it's time for this part of the show where we talk about the songs. Um, as you know, I pick a song every, I pick an intro and outro song that, that kind of go with whatever the topic is that we're talking about. So Connie picked the songs this week and the intro song was unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Mm -hmm. So do you want to share your thoughts on this song? Yeah. I just feel like if everybody takes a step back, no matter what yesterday was, doesn't matter. It's done. It's done. You can't, you can't go back tomorrow. It's unwritten, right? Mm -hmm. You, you tomorrow, you can, you can write your verse, your version, your chapter, tomorrow. So think about what you want and you can create anything you want. You have the power to do it. It's unwritten. For sure. And I hadn't listened to the song for a long time and I listened to it again and I, I knew the song, but I hadn't, I don't think I'd ever listened to the words. And one of the, the verse that struck me was when it says, live your life with arms wide open. Today yep. is where your book begins. I, I love that. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. And then, okay. So our outro song is every kind of people by Robert Palmer. Yes. That shows my age. <laughs> I knew He's the my, song. Yeah, I knew yeah, the song. I, I know. I was so impressed that you knew that. Um, so every kind of people, my my fear is that with everything that's going on in the world today, um, especially in the United States, that it really takes every kind of person, human. And when you cut us, we all bleed. We all have the same intestines. We all have the same anatomy. It doesn't matter what religion. It doesn't matter what your political view. It doesn't matter the skin color. We are truly all kinds of people. And I think we need to look at human to human and put all the other crap aside. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, what do we want? We want to be happy. We want to be productive. We want our kids to be safe. We want a life that's beautiful, right? So it doesn't matter. All the other stuff is BS. All right. And so the the lyrics I copied were uh, in the chorus, it takes every kind of people to make what life's about, every kind of people to make the world go round. And I I think this goes back to what we talked about just a few minutes ago about um, both you know, we don't all have to agree, but we all get to have our thoughts and our opinions on X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Right. And we're never going to get somebody to change their opinion by screaming at them. It just, right. that just isn't the way it works. So, um, I think that, yeah, I love the song too. Um, I think the message is especially relevant for now. So, I do. Yeah. all right. So Connie, I want to thank you so much for joining me this week. It's been awesome to talk to you again. And again, congratulations on your book. I'm so excited thank for you. you. Thank you. And I hope your listeners found some value today. Yes, I'm sure they did. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yes. All right. Awesome. All right. So that's it for this week on our topic of selling you on you. I would love to know what you think of the episode. You can email me sloanfremont at gmail.com. My website is 
<laughs> my website is sloanfremont.com. See, I'm one-legged bird right there. I was going too fast. <laughs> I'm going to use that now. <laughs> um, also, all right, let me, I got to get back in my thoughts here. So you can find me on Instagram, Sloan Fremont. And if you like the podcast, please remember, subscribe, rate, review, and tell all your friends. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening this week. And I will talk to you next week. Who takes every kind of people?